Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Saucy Thoughts with Caleb. I'm so happy that you're tuning in and listening. It really does mean a lot to me and makes me so happy to sit here and record things all alone in my room, knowing that someday somebody somewhere might listen to it. Today's episode is going to be about living alone because I moved out on my own for the first time six months ago and a lot's changed since then. I've learned a lot and grown a lot, probably more than I have at any other point in my life. And there's been highs and lows, and I just wanted to talk about the pros and cons of living on your own, having your own apartment, and the things that I've learned so far. I found this apartment through my aunt who lives in Connecticut. She had a friend that was renting a unit, and I had visited Connecticut hadn't visited this area last year, and I had definitely never seen this apartment. So when I found out that this apartment was available for rent, the price was incredible compared to anywhere in California, and it would mean that I would get the opportunity to live alone, which I was so excited about. I think in my past, I've had living situations that have made me want to live alone, but I don't think I've ever been in a bad situation or somewhere that I was just so desperate to live alone that I made it happen at that point in time. I think living alone kind of happened organically for me when the time was right, and it just ended up being even better than I could have imagined. It was a chance that I took, but because I had the confidence that my aunt wouldn't refer me to somebody that she didn't trust, I was able to fully just let go of that and trust that the situation was going to work out. It would be a safe, good, decent, and it ended up being way better than decent living arrangement. And everybody's going to have different living arrangements and a different experience living on their own. But the first lesson that I've learned is that your outlook on living alone is absolutely going to shape how your experience goes. And I think that that's true in almost any aspect of your life. No matter what your experience is about to be, how you look at that experience before it even happens completely shapes how you go through it and the things that you take away from it. So if you're thinking about living alone and you have a really good idea about it, a good feeling about it, and you have an underlying sense that it's going to go well, it's most likely going to go well because you have the outlook that you're going to learn from it, you're going to grow from it, you're going to have a good time, and you're going to come out stronger. But if you go into it just with a lot of fear and thinking that it's going to turn out negatively and you're being pessimistic and you say you can't do it, you're probably not going to be able to do it. It's probably going to be rough. It's probably not going to be fun. And you really have to just trick your brain into believing that it is going to be fun, even if you don't think it is. I've genuinely wholeheartedly believed that I was going to do really well living on my own just because I'm a very independent person. Whether or not that's a trauma response is for me and my therapist to break down. But I'm just very independent. I knew that I could do it. I knew it was going to go well. I knew I was going to like it because I really liked having like my own bedroom and bathroom in living situations with roommates. And I would wish that like I had my own living room and kitchen too. And at that point, it's just like your own apartment. That's not to say that the entire experience has been positive though. There's definitely been low moments. And I think for the first time about six months after moving on my own, I had a day where I was just doing too much. I was doing the most. I was doing bills. I was getting the mail. I was checking emails. I was trying to go for a walk and schedule things for the week and get my to-do list done and plan groceries. And 
I just like almost cried because it was just so overwhelming. It was, it's so much for one person to manage. When it's good, it's good. It's great. But when it's bad and you have a lot on your plate, it can be really overwhelming and feel really lonely and isolating. So it's important that you have some sort of support system in your life, whether that's a therapist, a friend, a family member, a trusted coworker, which actually now that I say that out loud, I don't know about trusting coworkers with anything. But if you have a support system and people that you know you can call for different things at different times when you're feeling certain types of ways, like if you're feeling sad and you know the most comforting person for you is one of your siblings, then it's important for you to have that line of communication and be able to use it when you need it. Or if you're somebody who's had parents that have been financially supportive in the past and you're feeling really financially overwhelmed and there's something that they might be able to help with, that's a good connection to have. I haven't had parents that have paid for my living arrangements or bills or anything like that, but I know friends that have parents that are completely willing to. And if that's you, good for you. Like, that's something that you should totally take advantage of. But yeah, it can definitely be overwhelming and there's low lows that come with it. But I think in my experience, I've had mostly highs and that was one day maybe like a week ago. And since then, I've been completely fine and gotten through everything that I was stressing about as I do pretty much every single time in my life. Like, no matter how hard things are, looking back, it's so cliche and cheesy, but you really do survive 100% of your worst dates. Like, if you're still here, you've made it through every single absolutely awful, horrible day or experience that you've had. And if you've wanted to look at it in a positive way and you've learned from it, then you've gotten stronger from that experience. If you believe it shouldn't have ever happened, you still made it through it, whether or not the experience was valuable. So yeah, these are all just, this is all my own personal advice too. I understand that everybody's living arrangement is going to be completely different. Everybody living on their own has a completely different experience. I think there's some commonality and similar lessons that we all learn and that are kind of universal, but depending on where you live, the city and state you live in, who you have nearby, what you do outside of work, what your personal and work life looks like, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, all those things are going to play into your experience living alone, and they're all definitely good things to consider. For example, if you are so desperate to live alone that you can only move into an area that might not be necessarily 100% safe, you might feel stressed living alone because you have the constant fear of the area that you're living in. Or if you move to somewhere where you're really far away but it's a good area, you're going to feel safe, but you might not have the immediate social connection of neighbors living super close or the convenience of social groups that you can be a part of and don't require a lot of energy to get to. I think for me personally, I would say 95% of my experiences living alone have been positive and I've enjoyed it. I think the other 5% of the time is like I said, just feeling a little overwhelmed sometimes or not wanting to do things and realizing that I'm the only person that makes anything happen around here. And that can be seen as negative, but it can also be a really positive thing. Because when I sit in my apartment and I'm enjoying it and I'm having lunch and looking around and listening to music, I see an apartment that I spent all my time and effort making happen for myself. Every piece of furniture that's here is here because I found it, I paid for it, I brought it home and I built it and I placed it where I thought it would look good. Same can be said for like every single little decoration or 
rug or even the dishes in my cabinet. They're arranged in a way that makes sense to me and it's 100% my space and only exists because I put in the effort to make it my reality. I turned it into an environment that works for me and that I like and is completely my own. Another thing I really like about living alone is the freedom to decide on all the decor and furniture and decorations that you have and make all those executive decisions completely on your own. There's been times when it's been a little bit of a bummer to not have like a close friend to ask for advice, but once I figure out how I want it to look and I step back and take a look at it, it ends up being really amazing because it's just 100% me. It's something that I like arranged in a way that makes sense to my little brain. And it's really satisfying. But the downside of that is you also have to front 100% of the costs that come along with buying anything that comes into your apartment. So I talked about this in my moving episode, but I think for the first, like, I think it was almost a month, I was sleeping on an air mattress just because I hadn't decided on a mattress to get on Amazon and I had just gotten a temp job and was finally working and able to make some money to buy those things. But I had like an air mattress in a completely empty room. I didn't have a single rug. I didn't have a bed frame. I didn't have a sofa. I was eating off cardboard boxes as little tables in the kitchen and living space and sitting on like pillows or blankets as seating around my imaginary table. But honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. I really enjoyed that time in my life. And looking back at it, yeah, I wish that I could have had like a table and chair set from day one ready to go. But that whole experience of moving and getting my own apartment and not having that stuff and waiting until I find something that I like made me appreciate it all that much more because I didn't have to rush to make a decision or feel pressured that somebody else wasn't able to sit and eat at a table and chair set. Like I didn't mind the way it was for a little while, so I just left it and that was what worked for me at that time. And then I got to slowly furnish things and I'm still furnishing the apartment. And I think that's another positive is that I don't have to rush to get things done because I don't feel like somebody else is missing out or somebody else doesn't have things that they need. And when you live with a roommate, if there's something that they need, they could easily buy it. But I just don't feel the pressure of having anything done on any sort of timeline because it really is just 100% my timeline. Another lesson I've learned while living alone is that you learn to trust yourself a lot more because at the beginning, there's so much that needs to get done. I wonder if I'm going to be able to get it all done. But then as I slowly work through the checklist of unpacking and deciding where things are going to go and getting furniture and researching things online for around the apartment, I realize that I'm fully capable of getting it all done and I'm going to make it happen. It's going to happen. It's going to work out. And I just have to trust that I know how to prioritize and make my life happen on my own terms. You also have to just go with your gut way more often. And as somebody that's been pretty indecisive for most of my life, having to really lean into trusting my gut and not having somebody else's second opinion has been really, really beneficial because as independent as I like to think I am and know that I actually am, I definitely do struggle with making a lot of decisions. I go back and forth a lot. I second guess myself. And I think most of that ends up being overthinking after I've made a decision. But I've started making decisions with my gut and going with them and second guessing it a lot less for a few reasons. Because there's nobody to 
worry about questioning my decisions, but also because if I spend too much time ruminating on a decision that I've already made, the other decisions that I need to make just aren't getting done if my brain power is going to all the things that don't matter or that I've already done and can't change. Although it would be really nice to have an opinion from a roommate, sometimes it is really nice just to know that nobody's going to question my decisions and I also don't have to do anything or worry about something making sense for another person in my living space. And I don't know if I ever want to go back to living with somebody because I've just really enjoyed my free time, being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, in the peace and quiet and comfort of my own home. Before I sat down to edit this podcast, I woke up, went downstairs, half-dressed, wrapped in a blanket, listening to music, and got a spoonful of peanut butter from the cabinet because I wanted to sit down and record this without being hungry, but I didn't want to make breakfast before I recorded this. So I took a spoon of peanut butter back upstairs and sat here and drank milk from the carton to wash it down. And nobody is around to know that, except for you, because I shared that with you. But nobody was here to see me walk through the living room in socks and a blanket and a spoon of peanut butter with headphones. Also, yesterday, I got home from... Uh, running a few errands and I decided that I just wanted to come home and make lunch and sit on the floor in the living room even though I have like five chairs and two sofas I could have sat on. The rug is also really comfy to be honest. It's a pretty plush rug. But I sat on the floor, listened to music and ate my peanut butter and jelly sandwich and just sat there looking outside with miso and enjoying my quiet time. Nobody was coming in or out of doors Nobody was making noise. Nobody was there to interrupt me. Nobody was there to bother me or think that that was weird that I wanted to sit on the floor when I had other options. And I don't think I've ever lived with anybody that would have even been judgmental of me doing that. But it's just nice not having anybody around to even worry about interrupting your piece. Like if you're listening to a podcast, you don't have to keep it at a certain volume. You don't have to wear headphones unless you like wearing headphones. You don't have to worry about somebody needing to ask you questions while you're in the middle of doing anything. And then after I ate, I took a nap on the sofa and I fell asleep in the living room. And again, I didn't have to worry about anybody coming home or leaving or having to worry about people making noise to wake me up or making anybody else feel like they couldn't make noise in their own home because I chose to sleep in a common area instead of my bedroom. It's just little things like that that I really enjoy. Also, I love not having to make sure that I have everything I need to take a shower or go upstairs for the evening. If I go upstairs and I'm about to get in that shower and I'm fully naked or half naked and realized I needed to get something downstairs, I can just go downstairs naked and nobody's going to see me and nobody's going to know. I also have just really leaned into being able to dance around my own apartment without anybody seeing that either because that is freeing but also embarrassing. And I wouldn't want anybody to see that. Like when I'm waking up and I decide on an album to listen to for the day, I can put my headphones on, let it hype me up. And if a little dance happens, a little jig happens, it happens. And that's that. And I don't have to worry about somebody seeing that in the kitchen. I also love that I know the apartment is clean because I clean it and that anything dirty around the house is from me and nobody else. Like, if there's dishes in the sink, nobody else left that there besides me. Or if there's hair in the shower, I don't have to worry about it being anybody else's hair besides my own unless I had somebody over. 
And that's just really nice knowing that it's clean because I want it to be, but it's also nobody else's mess but my own. So it's it's kind of a it's a good thing but also a bad thing. Like nobody else is coming to clean my apartment. I have to clean up the entire mess, but the mess that is there, I know is only there because I left it dirty. Another good thing about living alone is you don't have to share. And I understand sharing is good and it's great and it's nice to do, but when it comes to groceries or utilities, you get to enjoy 100% of everything that you pay for. You don't have to split utilities. You don't have to worry about somebody else using way more than you do and having to pay for them or anybody else coming in and eating your groceries. 100% of the groceries I buy, I eat unless they go bad and I have to throw something away because I didn't eat it fast enough. But if you're somebody that likes to take long, hot showers, you're the only person that has to pay for that long, hot shower. You don't have to worry about your roommate taking shorter showers and being more conservative and you're the one running up the bill, but you split it evenly because there's no way to really like differentiate who specifically paid for what amount of water. But that can be a good thing and a bad thing. And the reason it could be a bad thing is when you do live with somebody, your utilities are split. So it does make it a little cheaper whether or not you actually use the utilities evenly. You're still paying half of it regardless of what the actual breakdown was. But when you live alone, that price can be a lot more expensive. Like when I lived in San Diego, my monthly internet was like $25, $30 because in that area, it was $50 or $60 for the apartment for the entire month. And when I had somebody to split it with, I was able to only pay half of it. But now that I have my own internet plan for the apartment, I think it's about $50 and I have to pay the entire amount. I also love the privacy that comes with having your own apartment. You can sit on the floor, you can sit on the counter, you can sit on the table, you can use the bathroom with the door open, you can sleep with your door open. You don't have to put things away for anybody else. You don't have to worry about anybody being in your space or leaving things out that you don't want somebody else to see. You don't have to put anything away because somebody else might be coming home in the evening. Everything you do is completely private and only you know, unless you decide to overshare in a podcast or post on the internet that you did something embarrassing or not. And I honestly think that that privacy is worth any of the costs that end up being higher when you're living alone, just because I thoroughly enjoy being able to wake up and go downstairs at any hour of the day, do whatever I want, and not have to think about anybody else being bothered or using anybody else's things because everything here is mine. And that sounds really selfish when I say it out loud. But when you live alone, like everything you have in your apartment really is solely yours unless you're borrowing it or renting it. But yeah, you don't have to worry about anything. On the flip side of that though, not having to worry about any unexpected visitors coming or going at unexpected times means that you lose any sort of built-in life slash roommate accountability partner that you had given the circumstances of living with someone. Because when you're on your own, if you wake up at 1 p.m. every single day, nobody's there to correct that. If you're procrastinating and not doing any of the things you're supposed to do until like 11 p.m. and staying up until 4 a.m., nobody's there to give you the side eye the next morning after you stay up too late or wake up too late 
or go out too often. So you really have to keep yourself in check. And I think when I was living with other people, subconsciously, when I would procrastinate or stay up late or go out when I should be getting things done, I didn't feel any sort of guilt or any sort of like, maybe I shouldn't be doing this because I figured that if I was living with somebody, they would say something, right? Like nobody would let me do that kind of stuff. Somebody would step in and tell me to correct whatever I needed to in life. But that's just not the case. And I think after I moved out, I realized, oh, if I sit in bed and do nothing for four and a half hours, that's four and a half hours that nothing's going to get done and nobody's coming to tell me, hey, don't forget to do this today. You have to be so aware of everything that's on your calendar and get it all done by the time that it's supposed to be done, like paying bills or sending things to people if you have a small business. As an introvert, living alone has also been absolutely amazing because I don't have any sort of pressure from anybody to go out and socialize any day of the week. Nobody's coming and going on a Friday inviting me to go out and maybe unintentionally making me feel bad for choosing to stay in and not want to go out. I used to really like going out, but as I've gotten older, going out and drinking and clubbing and bar hopping is just not something I enjoy anymore. And I fully love it for other people and support it. If that's your lifestyle and what you want to do, go for it. Like, nobody's stopping you. You totally deserve to live your life any way you want to. It's just not what I want to do. And as somebody that grew up as a people pleaser, having to break through that last few years has been a little rough because... My gut says, take that opportunity, go out and socialize. But my brain and body are like, no, stay home and rest. Don't go do that. You're going to regret it. And I just don't have to worry about anybody inviting me out to do that kind of stuff. But on the flip side of that, my entire social life relies on me putting myself out there and connecting with people and making friends and putting myself in spaces where I can socialize with other people. And I'm really fortunate that I have family that lives nearby, as well as living right in between Boston and New York where I have a good amount of friends and can meet friends through those friends, but also just go out into the city and attend events where I have the opportunity to meet other people or just go out for a day at the park and be able to just talk to people that I pass by. But nobody's inviting me out to go do that. Nobody's telling me that, hey, you've been home for a week and a half now and you haven't seen anybody. Maybe you should go out. So that hasn't happened to me yet. I'm pretty aware of how long I go without interacting with other people or leaving home. I don't think I've gone more than two days where I haven't like driven somewhere. I'll get out and like walk at least once a day. But I'm not somebody that's that I have to worry about staying home and inside for like two weeks and not talking to anybody. Like if people call, I get back to them. I'll pick up if I can or I'll make time to connect with them later. And I do have a pretty healthy social life. I could make more friends and I could get out more often. But for where I am right now, it's okay. But that's something on my radar that I would like to get out and do more of, like visiting and socializing with other people in nearby towns and cities and also connecting more with the art community out here on the East Coast. Those are things I just haven't quite gotten out to do yet because I've just been so busy doing all the things that I didn't even realize you had to do as an adult living on your own. Like, I never had help with paying taxes, but nobody's there to remind me like, oh, you have to pay your taxes. Nobody's there to remind me I have to pay the bills. I have to make sure that everything gets Venmoed and paid and auto paid by a certain date. I have to manage all the credit cards. I have to make sure things are clean and grocery shop and get things that I run out of like toothpaste and dishwasher soap and take care of miso. So 
that's just listing all the things that go on on a day-to-day basis. And it can end up being overwhelming. I think I manage it really well, but it takes way more time than I imagine it does. And I'm somebody that I think underestimates how long things take. And when they take longer, I freak out because it pushes back everything else that I have to do. And then I have a crisis about if I gave myself enough time to get those things done and it just like rolls over and bleeds into the next day and takes longer and longer and longer. I'm also a huge advocate for being able to look out for yourself and take care of yourself and just being single and being okay with that and being able to keep yourself company and recognizing when it's healthy versus when you've become too hyper-independent. Because I've been on both ends of that spectrum now, where I've lived with three other roommates and had a really great social life and had a good immediate network of people that I could rely on and ask for help. But I've also made it to the opposite end of that, where I'm fully on my own. Nobody's paying my bills. Nobody's coming to do anything for me. And it's completely on my own. And I know that that sounds super daunting and overwhelming and intimidating and can be quite scary at times, but it gives me the comfort of knowing that at the end of the day, no matter who else is in my life, whether it's friends, family, or a relationship, I've got my own back and can make it on my own and make things happen for myself. I think there's something to be said about people that take that kind of initiative and get things done on their own. And it's not to say that relying on other people is bad. If you're somebody that knows that you're very dependent and can't get along living on your own and would never want to or couldn't be without a partner, that's fine. But for me, I see that as a risk of if something does happen to that partner or friend or family member in the future that I've completely become dependent on and relied on for support, whether it was emotional, physical, financial, whatever it is, if something happens, I don't have the skills to fend for myself. I don't have the ability to recognize, okay, I'm on my own and I've got this. That would lead me to kind of freaking out. I think I would freak out more about having to rely on somebody than just having the skills to do things on my own. And I think it's really important to be able to do those things just because you never know what can happen in life. Like if you're somebody that's been with a partner for 20 years and you've never never once in your life experienced living on your own or being single or being able to keep yourself happy, that can be extremely overwhelming. But at least if you have even like six months of experience doing things on your own, you at least know what it's like. You can say that you've survived it and you've done it. And that moment, if and when it comes later down the road, will feel a lot less scary. And that's all hypothetical, according to my brain. And that's probably because of whatever past experiences I've had, whether it was my parents separating or previous relationships or friendships, I just am somebody that would rather be prepared and do things proactively in some aspects of my life. I know that I can procrastinate and put a lot of things off, but I think that that's one of them that I do out of like self-preservation. And I also just think it's really cool to see people be single and be happy because as a society, we're just so conditioned to find love as soon as possible and just commit to it forever. But I think it's so beautiful seeing people at different stages in life be single and learn how to be single. And it's not to say that if you're not single when you're younger, you won't have those skills later. You can learn them very quickly. But I just think it's really exciting to get to experience a little bit of all of that in your 20s and figure out what you like because you get to go to this buffet and try the single life, the bachelorette or bachelor life, 
the party life, the staying in life, the living with roommates, living with family. You just get to experience all these different things that you might not get the opportunity to later in life. I 100% recommend having an emotional support animal too. Whether or not you go and get the certification to officially label your pet as an emotional, emotional support animal, I think all pets are so therapeutic and are so much more powerful than we give them credit because they're really so friendly. They really read you like in any mood that you're in and can just tell when you maybe need some more space or need some more comfort and affection. Miso is really good at that. She's so sweet and comes and cuddles on my lap whenever I might just be sitting and working on something and I'm a little more serious or focused. And she's also just super playful, like right when I come home. And it's so sweet to be able to come home and give her like catnip and a toy and just take my mind off whatever is going on in the outside world and just really focus on letting her be happy and just playing with her for a little while. Another random thing that I've noticed when I'm living alone is that I don't feel like I have to be emotionally available to anybody at any given time because in the past when I've had roommates and I love my roommates that I've lived with, I think they've all been exceptional, amazing people regardless of whether we talk anymore. I think they're just the best people and I wouldn't have had such good experiences in life if it weren't for them. Um, so I love all of you roommates that... I've lived with if you're listening to this. But anyways, I didn't even notice that when you come into the house and you have roommates, I would make myself a little more emotionally available than I would have liked to have been just in case somebody else needed somebody to talk to or vent to or talk about their day. And it's not to say that that's a really bad thing that I was doing, but it could end up being a lot if your roommates are constantly around and you're that kind of person that wants to make yourself the friend that they go to when they need somebody to talk to. And I have absolutely been the person coming home and needed somebody to talk to. So I'm so grateful for any roommates that I've had that have just listened to me vent or just talk about whatever I needed to that went on during the day. Because it definitely goes both ways. And I've been happy to be that person and I've been happy to have those people. But now that I'm living on my own, when I need support like that, I can kind of schedule it, whether it's with my therapist or catching up with a friend or FaceTime with somebody like a loved one. It just, it feels like I'm in control of when I have to like be available to others and open to communicating versus just needing maybe more quiet reserve time. I absolutely love living on my own though so much that I really can't wait for the point in the future where I hopefully have like a standalone house, whether I'm renting or owning whatever the circumstances. I would just love to live somewhere where I don't have shared walls. I have like normal walls here. I don't think I hear my neighbors often at all. Actually, I think it's pretty quiet. Um, and I hope they don't hear me at all. But um, I would love to just be able to blast music on my speaker anytime that I want to without having to like keep it at a certain volume or maybe keep it quiet during certain hours. I don't blast music here at all. I have headphones for when I want to listen to something maybe a little louder. But I would just my dream is to truly just have like the best sound system in my home. I would love to have like a full house in ceiling sound system and the music just goes wherever you are. That would be so amazing. That combined with like mood lighting, that's all I really need. Like I don't even need furniture. I just need those speakers and lights. But then if I have my own place that's really separated, I might never talk to anybody again because when I do create a little home environment for myself, I fall in love with it and I never want to leave it, which is why it's been so nice just being home alone, getting my money's worth from 
rent and utilities and everything you have to pay for. It's just somewhere that I really feel I really feel relaxed and at ease and I can just really discover who I am and have that quiet time to think. And sometimes that quiet time is not so quiet when I have a lot of racing thoughts or anxiety. But for the most part, I think I've managed to take more positive from the situation than negative. In conclusion, I think overall, I really do recommend living alone at some point in your life, getting that experience, feeling it out, seeing if it's something you enjoy. And if not, you can always go back to living with roommates, living with family, living with friends, whatever your preferred living arrangement is, it's going to be available to you because you'll create the environment and reality that you want to live in. I think there's too many pros and cons and things to consider for each and every individual person in order for me to make a blanket statement that like living alone is the best because some people like might need more emotional support than others or might need to have people around for mental health reasons. And that's completely acceptable. I think it's just about finding a living arrangement that works for you at whatever time in your life you're experiencing. Because there's some people that might never want to live alone again if they lived alone at the start of the pandemic and got essentially locked into solitary confinement within their own home. They might never want that feeling again. Like that could be triggering and they might need that emotional support and physical community immediately around them in order to feel safe and happy and comfortable. But as for me, I've lived with a lot of people, wonderful people, like I said, but I just really can't put into enough, I can't figure out the words to put value to the things I've learned and experienced in the last six months living on my own. I think even if I didn't move out of my home state, and I had gotten my own apartment there, I think that growth still would have happened just because there's so many things that you don't think about while you're living with other people that you might subconsciously do or say or a way that you might act. And then you catch yourself when you're living on your own and you wonder where that habit or pattern came from. Or maybe it's not even a thing you do or say and catch yourself doing or saying. It could be a feeling. Like when I had started uh, coming out to family members and then my living situation with my grandparents got a little uncomfortable, I would have so much anxiety that I held like up until the point when I got home in order to be able to be prepared for any sort of commentary that I might have heard and not been in a place to mentally deal with. So I would just have all that anxiety and I would like go home, talk to my grandparents and go upstairs. And I didn't even realize how tense I was. And then I moved out and I started like feeling really anxious when I had to go home and I had to unlearn those like patterns that I had built up when I was living with other people for whatever reason, like, I realized at that point I could go home because I wasn't living with my grandparents anymore and not have to worry about homophobic commentary or have to worry about being questioned about where I was or just, like, having the underlying paranoia that there's something that they know that they're waiting to talk to me about or something. It's just you learn so much. And I could talk and talk and talk and talk about it. But that's really all I have to say about living on your own. Hopefully this provided maybe some sort of insight to living alone if you haven't yet, or some sort of different insight if you have and you had a different experience. Um, I would also just love to hear from anybody that's lived alone and learned a really valuable lesson. So on Spotify, I'm going to put the little poll question down there. So if anybody wants to reply, that is available. 
Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode. I can't wait to put out another one. I think the episodes keep getting better and better. I think the process of recording them has gotten easier, and I've gotten a little less in... I've gotten out of my head. I'm a little less in my head as I'm recording. If you want to follow this podcast on Instagram, it is at Saucy Thoughts Pod. And if you're interested in any of my art, all my evolving art projects are at exosaucybabes on TikTok and Instagram. And my Etsy shop is also available, exosaucybabes on Etsy. Can't wait to talk to you all next week. Bye! Bye.